Welcome to the Select Star Podcast, your resource for innovative technology, developer topics, and more. Here's your host, Margo McCabe from the HarperDB team. All right, we are live. So, welcome to the Select Star Podcast. Um, today, I'm super, super excited about the guest that we have. And um, he, I know he's a really busy guy and not easy to lock down, so um, just makes it all the more special. So today we have Jerome Hardaway, who is the founder of Vets Who Code. Um, I actually just pulled up his Twitter bio, which I think is super fun, that says Captain America of Code, JavaScript is the shield, Vets Who Code is where I train future Avengers. So welcome, Jerome. Thanks so much for taking time to chat. I'm super excited to meet you. Hey, thank you. I'm super excited to um, chat with you as well. Awesome. So where are you calling in from today? Uh, I am calling in from uh, Atlanta. So I recently moved there and I'm just, you know, getting situated while um, still doing some work things, knocking out some uh, projects and some contracts. So that's, uh, that's the move right now. Okay. Very cool. I've I've only been to Atlanta once. It seems like it seems like a really cool city. Where our team is all based around the Denver area, so not very close. But um, I was there not that long ago and um, really enjoyed it. So very cool. Well, Denver's very cold right now. I know. <laughs> Last weekend it was zero degrees and even below zero, which never happens. But most of America is cold right now, and I have a personal like vendetta against the like weathermen and like meteorologists that decide to go beyond zero <laughs> in the uh when they give us the temperatures like who cares once it gets past zero like yep. i don't need to know how much worse beyond zero this is like, exactly <laughs> that's a really good way to put it. it i don't think there's really that much of a difference in in feeling i mean if it's zero and super windy i guess i'd want to know that but yeah negative five negative ten it's all the same <laughs> They could just say, yo, it sucks, stay inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all they have to say. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, um, I'm I'm excited to hear about, about you and your, your background and your journey. I've definitely been reading and following Vets Who Code. It seems like a really great and really necessary organization. Um, so excited to get into that a little bit later, but would love to start off with just hearing a bit about your background, your journey. It looks like um, you started off in the Air Force and then, you know, what, how did you, you know, get into the Air Force and coming back, what made you want to get into coding and then start um, such an awesome organization? I'm Roger that. Um, what got me into the Air Force was a buddy program that they had. I had a cousin who was trying to join, but he ended up getting, you know, getting in a little trouble before uh, he had before he was 18 and basically with the recruiter to help sweeten the deal. This is, um, I did not know this as a teenager. <laughs> help sweeten the deal that they had this program where they could like send people with buddies uh, to the military and they would be able to like, you know, join and do, you know, do their thing together. Well, we ended up getting to our, to Lackland Air Force installation. My mom, she told me like, you know, like years later, like, yeah, they knew uh, the recruiter knew that, you know, when we all got on the bus that your cousin was going to be ousted from the Air Force. See, like the recruiter literally said, oh, no, they're going to 
they're gonna love Jerome, but the, uh, the his cousin, no, they're not gonna take him. They won't. They, they won't keep him long. And I was like, why do y'all not tell us this? And they're like, yeah, we don't. We didn't know. So uh, <laughs> that's like my weird start into you know military service. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Ended up getting into the military. I uh, was security forces. Uh, I just wanted, you know, I was like, you know what, give me the coolest jobs and give me like dates, tattoos and all, all the other stupid stuff. Because, you know, when you're 17, you're not thinking at all like a mature adult. Uh, <laughs> like now I'm much, I'm, yes, I'm much more uh, mature and I make decisions not based off tattoos and like guns and stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm very much grown up. Um, so I did that, uh, deployed a few times, and then from there, I uh, went towards, you know, I was you know, on my way out, uh, and I'm having some, um, some injuries, and I'm getting medically uh, retired, uh, and I just exited, once I exited the military, um, I had my, um, I had the money left over from that, I was getting my disability, but it was just, at the height of the recession and there were no jobs for my skill set coming from security forces uh, there was a lot of like you know police type stuff well it was at the height of the recession so no one was hiring anyone with law enforcement backgrounds there's nothing to do so i had options was like make like 850 an hour as a security guard at companies like home depot mm -hmm. or um go back overseas private military like companies and like I was like no to both of those <laughs> so I was looking at option c which you know do something that I wanted to do uh do something in tech I was doing research early on and I saw that you know people that were in like digital space during a recession they were they they were their idea of hurting was like ridiculous like oh you know Elon Musk went from like a multimillionaire to a millionaire, stuff like that. Right. I was like, you know, Bill Gates had to, you know, one of his Ferraris is gone. I was like, really? Okay, one. Um, yeah, this is the squad I want to be a part of. I want to be part of the team that, you know, they go from uh, 20 million to 2 million when they get hurt. So um, I started, you know, I went to a Starbucks, and not Starbucks, it was the Barnes and Nobles. So I'll play. A book on databases and started teaching myself to do databases. And also, like, I saw a commercial on DeVry or ITT Institute or something like that. And one of those for profit colleges aren't around anymore. And they were talking about technology. So I was like, okay, let me see what this is about. Uh, took six months pouring my head into my heart into this stuff and uh, ended up getting my first job actually with the government uh, as a TWIC certified agent and using like data things on our databases to connect. The two things uh, connect a database together to you know make sure our waterways were safe. Basically, people would come in, we do background checks on them. These are people who wanted to work on the nation's waterways and coast. We do background checks, and I would join the databases from the several uh, background checking systems to you know deem that these people were safe or unsafe to work you know in the uh, in our, on our nation's waterways based upon the parameters that were put to get, given us. Like I wasn't like you know the person choosing it. I was like, yeah, these are the rules. This is what the book says. This is no, no, go. Um, from there, moved back home, help a family member that um, she had some health issues while, while in Memphis. Once again, new place. Uh, 
which is why like I guess I'm really big about community now because I've moved so many I moved like from Florida to Tennessee, two places of Memphis to Nashville and Atlanta. And I know how important thing a network is or a community is because I know how hard it was to like start over in Memphis. Right. And you know, a year later I'm doing like a bunch of odd jobs. A nonprofit let me uh be is uh, chose me to be as marketing administrative administrative assistant. So, but of course, when you're under uh, thirty and you're young, the first thing that happens, they're like, "Hey, you're young. You can figure out this computer stuff. Fix the website." I was like, "That's not even in the job description." Um, <laughs> and I spending three months learning a bunch of uh, stuff, uh, a little bit of. Uh, Front end Ruby uh, ERB syntax, a little bit of PHP, a lot of CSS, a lot of HTML, uh, a lot of just learning and building. It took about three months to get the site up and running and pretty. Then I moved from that to uh, doing a lot more, uh, just doing a lot more things when it comes to uh, tech the company more digital stuff things that looking at digital marketing looking at how to convert uh people to go to the website into people who want to you know use um uh, not use but donate how to like expand this uh the website's uh reach things that need to learn a lot about seo things like that uh so basically i was just you know i guess interning for what i was going to create in the future well, two, three, two years after that, there was a young veteran who had fallen and um, who had lost his life. And um, one of the things that was going on is that his family didn't have enough money to give him a proper funeral. So, and none of the nonprofits were stepping up to help. So um, Friday, I took that day off, built a website and just, um, using, I think, just LampStack, basic LampStack on a single PHP form. It wasn't, you know, it was pre-JamStack days, which is like, I'm so jealous of the kids now uh, when it comes to JamStack. I, I am, like, you can build a business off of JamStack instead of making money. Right. <laughs> like, it's not, it's nothing like these other companies or like how it used to be back in the days when you had to know something back backhandy. Like, nah, you can choose to forego the back end you know, if you want to and still be profitable yeah. and still be okay. I'm just yeah, utterly je jealous. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I built it, lamp stack for the form, uh, tell a story, donate a donation button with PayPal and like people donated. In 27 hours, we raised about $10,000. We were able to get set this family up um, pretty nicely. And you know, that was just our story for Vetsuko. Like, you right. know, being that's how Vetsuko got started. It was a veteran's family needed our help and we were there. Well, afterwards, because I was like, I'm done. I don't need to do anything else for the rest of my life. I've, you know, had this good thing. Um, people are like, no, you're not. What else are you going to do? And I was thinking, oh, you know, taking a really long, hard look at my life and the thing that I really noticed so that I really wanted to touch on was programming and learning how to code, learning these digital tools really helped me. And I wanted to know like, are there other people that I could help by empowering them with these tools? I saw 
the right on the wall. It's kind of weird because I was like, it's like 2014. Like everybody should have saw the right on the wall at some point that, you know, what tech is going to take over and, you know, it's going to be that frontier that, you know, go to industry for at least the next 10, 20 years. And, right. you know, some version of it is going to be the new hotness for the next, you know, 30, 40 years. I remember, you know, what, it wasn't like till two years ago where, you know, JavaScript and React was still, you know, where JavaScript was still like, you know, wild, wild west. And now it's more like cloud computing, like serverless technologies on top of whether, you know, back end or front end. It's a new wild, wild west. Like, yeah, it's cool. You know, a coding language, but what can you do with AWS or Azure or Google Cloud? Right. Um, so I just... I doubled down on that and started focusing on, you know, teaching veterans how to code. And my first two cohorts, we ended up like I had, I was young then, had so many people in those. Like I'll just take whoever would come and without any thinking. But I got lucky and uh, 100% of those guys and girls got jobs. And then the president of the United States at that time, Michael Obama, he saw my work, like me to the White House. And like that's pretty much it uh, to date. Uh, I've been helping veterans learn how to code. I'm almost, I think I'm at like 273. It becomes a veteran's good job. We just had a new cohort graduate. And there's been some lumps on this new cohort because, you know, they had a pandemic and then they turned around and had, you know, an ice storm during Q1. So like I have troops that are waiting for, you know, the lights to turn back on before we can even do one-on-ones and stuff with them. Um, okay. Yeah, but like for the most part, like we we're at a ninety four percent success rate, and wow. you know we just keep going. Yeah, when we first started, uh, we were doing a lot of, you know, the basics of like a lot of basic front end with Ruby on Rails. But now uh, we try to be. Um, one of my mentors he taught me about you know going you know where to scale and how to scale. So we try to be the best on the front end side while also while scaling our marketing and our outreach but we also want to be we're one of the, one of the strongest on the serverless side as well so front-end technologies and serverless technologies is what we focus on um we focus on eating our, on our our own dog food um in which you know we are teaching the things that we use at Metsu code so mm-hmm. uh, we're teaching gatsby we're teaching aws we're teaching netfly we're teaching GitHub and GitHub Actions. Uh, we're teaching those things because that's how we use to operate the site. You know, we teach Stripe because, you know, that's what we're using that to run the site, right? Right. So that's our that's our process. Like, that's how we do things. That's, um, say again? That's incredible. I mean, it, it, it seems like you clearly identified, you know, a major gap and a major need and to see how quickly you had success. I mean, as you said, even that first cohort, even if it was small or however many people were in it, that that there was success, I think just goes to show how much of a need there was for this and how this is kind of your calling and how, you know, this is something that that you're really good at helping the community with. And so I think that's, it's incredible to hear. And it's, it's awesome that you guys have had such a great success rate. I'm curious, um, so you mentioned when you had those first couple, that first cohort that kind of enrolled and joined, is it, is it, was it, and is it still you yourself that's doing the teaching, um, teaching these folks how to code, or are you kind of giving them the resources, showing them the online classes they can take, and then helping more with like recruiting and 
placing in jobs or a little bit of everything? Negative. See, um, we are still doing in-person teaching. Um, okay. I think that's something that's really different from my slide. We call it, uh, we have a phase process, process protocol, um, whatever you'll call it, in which we call, you know, crawl, walk, run, which at the very beginning, we're very hands-on and you're right. meeting um, four days a week with an instructor and we're taking you, you know, we're, you know, we're literally working with you all the time. You have your mentor as well who knows what's going on. Well, then after that, we have our walk phase, which also comes in with our computer science phase where people are not as hands-on. We're expecting you to do a little more research before you ask questions. And then, you know, we have our run phase, which is like, it's product-based. So I feel like you can get a lot of the things, like if you do, if you if you learn how to research and learn how to learn, you'll be okay. But, you know, it's tough. It's very close to how crazy and wild, you know, the tech world is. And we do that because I believe like, just like in a combat situation, just like in, you know, a boxing ring or anything like that, I'm a firm believer that you should not experience anything that you would not experience in the industry out in the, um, um, before you leave Mexico, like get all your frustrations out, get all of your, you know, craziness out, get all of your um, hiccups and mess ups out mm -hmm. now, because I want you pruned and pristine when you're in front of an employer. Um, I do that because, you know, like even with our open source initiative, like, you know, usually people are pulling tickets for um, Betsuko, which is, you know, 100% open source um, as their first open source project. We do this intentionally. Like we had um, during Hacktoberfest, we had so many people pulling tickets. Like right now, I'm, I'm at the point where I don't want to put any tickets out because I just want to wait till Hacktoberfest because I don't <laughs> want to end up having a situation where I don't have any tickets for anyone. Okay. Um, <laughs> a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah. So um, we did that. And what basically, like, that's how, you know, that's how we do it. I want to make sure you get as much exposure and training with things as possible, whether, you know, it's pairing with a person a little more advanced with you as you're working, you know, because, you know, at the same time, it's also a product. I'm not crazy. I'm not going to put you just, you know, out there on our AWS, that's how come AWS keeps going down. They keep putting kids on their uh, AWS like code, and someone keeps you know deleting a line of code, and then the whole infrastructure goes down. So we'll have you with someone more advanced, so that they can pair program with you and walk you through things. Um, and you know, on the meteor tickets we had as well, but then on the good first issue tickets, we try to give them you know run the reins, and we have our you know our process where you know make sure they. You know, they build their feature branch and then they have to, you know, have a, pull, a PR and a review before it gets merged. And we, we try to, you know, we set these protocols intentionally so they know exactly how it is to work on a collaborative team. That's, you know, part of the process. Okay. Interesting. So it's, it's that, I mean, that's very cool. So it's, it's almost as if, and, you know, when these folks after going through the program are, going to look for jobs and apply, they can put like vets who code on their resume, the same as getting a degree or, or studying at another institution, right? I mean, it's probably a similar accreditation. Um, or how, how do you think employers look at that? Well, I just got off a really cool call with GitHub. So depending on the so companies, they're like, they look really highly at vets who code, like the communities and cultures. 
like they really respect the Vetsuko like right. uh, culture Not because of, uh, yeah. you know, I guess because, you know, we've been doing it for six years and, you know, we've been keeping the lights on and winning in a manner that it's, you know, hard out here to do by just focusing on one thing and trying to be the best at it, right? It's, right. it's really hard to do that, especially, you know, every year, <laughs> I need to start doing this thing where I just, you know, vanish at the end of the year because what happens is like we have a big November, like our big Q4 where like people who are doing stories of Veterans Day and we're having all this stuff come out and what happens is that people are like, all right, so are you going to expand? Are you going to teach this stack? Or like I get 30 emails where people want me to start teaching their stack and I'm just this year is going to be the year I'm going to disappear. Like, I don't want to teach your stack. I don't want to teach. I don't want to have to learn Python to teach Python or, you know, learn .NET to teach .NET. So like, but every year that happens, where our success is like, okay, we're now replicated for this. And like, that's not how education works. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, that's a good sign that, that people are reaching out and, and wanting access to that yeah, it's, code. it's definitely a good sign and I think probably with how busy you are over the course of the year you could you deserve to disappear for a little bit anyway and take a break but I think maybe that's just kind of um, a sign that one day eventually you could expand into other cities and like try to find a double well, I think that's something that people went. don't understand we're in all the cities like we helped so much I think there's four five states that I haven't placed a veteran in of the 50 states. Hawaii is one of them. Like I have like, I have, I, I have a veteran that place in Alaska. Uh, I have another oh. veteran that I'm going to be placing in Alaska. Yeah. Because we're hundred percent remote. We right. help veterans all over the country. We actually started a program where we help veteran. We're helping overseas veterans now, like veterans who are a part of allied forces just accepted our first allied force uh, veteran at the end of the year for the upcoming cohort. Um, he's from South Korea. Uh, he was South Korean uh, Marines. Um, and we got that idea of being able to do that because one of our top performers, who's a veteran, Andrew James, he uh, he's a senior software engineer now. And basically like when he came to us, he was living in Finland. And like as a, like he was a basically Crazy story. This kid uh, was special forces uh, candidate, but he got his college degree with a scholarship from D1 cheerleading. So once he got out, he was helping with the U.S. Olympics to try to make cheerleading the sport of the Olympics. Oh, wow. And he, yeah, he ended up getting a. Uh, he showed me his Olympic ring. I'm like this dude has an Olympic ring. I'm like <laughs> oh my god, like <laughs> what a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, so he got a contract in Finland to teach cheerleading. And um, while he was in there, he met the love of his life. He ended up staying five years, but his family's like health was ailing. So he wanted to come back uh, to the States and he needed a job that could support both of them. And so he reached out to me. And the first time he reached out to me, I thought he was a troll. I was like, uh-uh, no, <laughs> this is fake. This is ISIS. I got to get out of here. Uh, I blocked him. Everything. He's like, no, no, this is a real person. I'm like, okay, let's jump on a Zoom. I want to see your face, <laughs> right? So we jumped on a Zoom. We saw each other. Like this is like three years ago. I was like, okay, cool. And like he asked me for help, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Like this is one of those things that's scary. That's gonna scare me. And I always had this less this idea of like, if it scares you, do it. 
right? Because the stuff like this, the downside of the military is the things that don't scare you, the things that, you know, are easy, they don't really motivate you. Like they don't push you, they don't force you to grow. Like you're stagnant, you're sad, you're unhappy. So I needed something that was gonna, you know, you have this moniker of Captain America Code. I need something that was gonna earn me that title of Captain America of Code. And like, so we took him in and we decided that we were gonna start training him and he ended up getting his job at Verizon. And we just kept, you know, training him until things kept getting like, till we ended up getting better and better and bigger jobs came along. And uh, he's one of like, he's one of my most talented veterans and he has never not gotten a position through networking through Betsy Code. And I, I like, I take pride on, you know, the jobs that he's had, the positions that he's gotten, the growth that he's came through and knowing that still with a person's talent of that, that I can be a person of influence that can help this person's career. Wow. Yeah, that's that's so cool. And, and I mean, that's such a fun story. I'm sure there's so many similar success stories that yes. probably just motivate you more and more, you know, each month, each year that goes on. It's, I'm sure it's crazy busy. I mean, that's the, most, that's the and, most fun part of this job. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, the people who I teach how to code, they're not, you know, coming from like your average everyday walks of life. Right now, my favorite, uh, one of my favorite troops right now, she's Army EOD and like she loves UX and web accessibility. So that's the path we're focusing with her Um, on an auxiliary path for her. But she, you know, like I said, you know, she's going from like... On diffusing bombs to talking about user stories and endpoints and things of that nature like yo that's crazy yeah (laughs) it must be so nice for for her and and for these people in the program to be surrounded by other people that know where they're coming from because I can imagine that you know coming from being a vet and trying to figure out where you're going to do next it's probably you don't even know where to start so having the organization led by someone like you and other people that has, have walked in their shoes, I'm sure that just, um, you know, makes an astronomical difference. I think that's the biggest one, like knowing that, you know, you can do it too, because someone else did it. Yeah. Helps. Like, you, know, you can't be what you can't see. And, you know, like, you know, I'm very open with these guys and girls, like, you know, I was security forces. So I am like, because, you know, there was a huge rumor out there, like, Four years ago when I started this, like well, like 2014, so closer to like six years ago, like people had me, I was reading on forums and stuff. I was like, I'm an officer? I never was an officer. Or like, <laughs> I, I was an enlisted troop. I did like six years and I, I'm like, I'm not one of those, like I wasn't intelligence, I wasn't anything, I was security forces, I'm a normal guy. What are y'all talking about? So, so like, I'm very open about that. So they know that they too can, you know, reach, you know, work. If they work hard, they do the work and they think about ingenuity and richness, they too can reach the halls of the White House and they can do amazing things and they can help, you know, their fellow man or or woman and, you know, focus on, you know, doing cool things, pushing pixels, right? So. You know, that is like what we, that's what we focus on. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, it's, it's definitely inspiring to say the least. It's, um, it's so great to hear about these success stories. And I'm, I'm sure it's infectious, this attitude of people that come through and then they're able to find success and they're probably motivated to, 
go help other people as well. So it's just, you know, setting a chain reaction of, of helping these people out. And as you said, you're giving them skills and teaching them something that is in the biggest, most important, one of the most important industries in the tech industry right now. So no matter where they go, they'll be able to use these skills and, and apply them elsewhere. And even if they do have to learn an additional language or framework or something else down the line, I think just learning those fundamentals for, especially for code newbies and people just getting started, it can be so daunting. So um, I think it's great to, you know, have you yes. guys here and showing, <laughs> showing the light at the end of the tunnel. Was, was there a reason that you um, kind of chose, it seems like JavaScript is your main focus. It was there, I mean, it, it is a, extremely popular and a lot of people love it. So I'm not questioning it, but was there a reason that you did choose JavaScript instead of some of the other popular options out there? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost, it was the, it's the most flexible language. I can, you know, you can, uh, mastery of this language, you can pretty much teach anything, right? You can teach data science, data visualization, uh, a little practical machine learning is a book out there now that's done in 100% JavaScript with TensorFlow. Uh, you can do Node, so server-side, Node Express, server-side languages, uh, static uh, site generators. You can do pretty much everything with JavaScript, right? So that's one. Two, the biggest thing that was special for me was it is device agnostic. Like, I was to choose Swift. Like, Swift is a very friendly language to learn as a beginner, right? Apple intentionally did it that way. But it has that caveat there for to get things working or working well, you either... Like, I don't even know if there's an Apple emulator for Windows. I do know that you need a Mac for Swift, right? So that would be a caveat, right? Caveat, right? Java until, not Java, uh, .NET until 2017 uh, was not open source, right? Now they have .NET Core, but when I was starting, they didn't have .NET Core. So if you had a Mac, you couldn't learn .NET. You had to learn, you know, you had to learn something else. Uh, right. PHP, people just hate PHP in general. <laughs> So I try to stay with that. Rails was uh, do like we weren't doing that because it was getting into what was uh, the market was saturated, and you know people weren't using Rails, weren't hiring Rails developers because Rails, ironically, was Rails was too easy, which was horrible, horrible as a programmer. Like yeah. as a culture, we kind of pride ourselves on doing you know these technical hard things, and because of the magic of Rails, like. You know, if you knew Rails, like if you didn't know Rails, like you could still get a working web app. But if, if something went wrong and it wasn't like something that you had a deep focus, you wouldn't know what was going on. And I think that happened with the market, especially in 2015, 2016, it just got saturated. And, you know, the people weren't strong enough programmers, even though like I tell people all the time, I love Ruby on Rails. Like that was that's my favorite framework. Uh, that's how I act, absolutely fell in love with React actually like I did a yeah I did a uh, react on rails app um, for a social justice hackathon that was focusing on helping trans youth like connect and with uh, education resources and things of that nature um, used I, I used react on rails everybody on my team had no computer programming experience and the average age was like 16. Um, so I forced them to go through a tutorial with me at least, and then make the pitch deck and stuff. So I was with these kids and they absolutely hated it because I was an old grumpy old man and I'm, I'm like serious and military and, uh, that community doesn't like the type of, uh, structure that I bring to the game. 
Uh, but after they did that, I was like, all right, you guys are dismissed. You can go play and do all this other stuff. And I used the things that they learned um, to build a kind of like Twitter-like app that also had these rooms as well that, you know, they could have resources, allies, um, build connections, shelters, things of that nature. Uh, I spent most of the night doing that while everybody out was out like dancing and stuff and doing the other um, things. Uh, came back, they did their pitch. I showed them the website. I showed them I had it live for them, like a React on Rails app using Rails for the API and a React for the front end. Uh, I had a color scheme for it that was like a nice sky, well, close to the pewter blue and a coral, like tangerine. Um, that's a secondary color because I, I, I have a really weird design. I don't know how I got that, like after spending all that time in the military. Um, end up, they end up loving it. I even had a logo for them and I showed them how to sign in and how to make users. And they're like, like, we can all sign in and make users. Yes. So we sent it to the, uh, we sent it to the judges. And then when they did the pitch for it, they knocked the pitch out and like out the water and they end up all winning like $500 and Xbox, uh, X's. And of course, Mr. Serious Veteran Guy, Mr. Military Man, as he's calling me. Uh, went from the lamest teacher to the coolest teacher <laughs> in like three minutes, right? That's awesome. yeah. <laughs> you know, that's so. Yeah. <laughs> and from that day on, I was like, "Yo, React is pretty cool." So yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, it yeah. makes it makes sense overall. The the explanation of JavaScript, I was just curious. Um, I kind of like how you went through it. Uh, why not choosing any of the other options? But um, I think I think it's a good choice, and it's probably so widespread. And there's so many different frameworks within JavaScript that you could work with. That you know, teaching um, the the even just the basics of that is probably a really great way to start. I know most people, especially front end, seems like they do start like around the CSS JavaScript realm. So that's awesome. That'll make sense. Um, it sounds like. You know, it sounds like you've got this this great path, and and you know what you're doing. And um, I'm I'm super excited to hear about this. I I thank you so much for sharing. Um, I just have a couple other things I was curious about. Um, one thing I was going to ask is, do you know of other organizations that are are similar to you guys, um, similar to Vets Who Code? I mean, if it's not in the coding tech world, but just other similar organizations that really kind of take these people under their wing and and give them training and resources they need to, to move into whatever um, job or, or career that they'd like. Do you guys know of other organizations like that? Or do you have like any tips or recommendations if there's other people out there listening that want to find organizations or even start something of their own? I mean, I'm sure that you could write a whole book on starting an organization from the ground up, but. <laughs> I'm actually writing a book called Modernizing Nonprofits. I'm, I, I'm, I have a contract with Youth Villages and I'm working on modernizing their stack oh, um, wow. with them. And so like, that's one of my passions is like, I feel like a lot of nonprofits don't leverage technology correctly. Um, and to the, level they could that could help with their return on investment of tech and you know people even the mo the ones that have been around for 20 30 years like these villages they're not thinking 
of the uh, scope of like, yeah, we could get so much more impact and things done, especially with the newer generation of people who are looking to adopt or be parents, be, you know, even when you think of like big brother, big sister, I think of all these organizations and how, you know, they could be leveraging technologists better, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I want to, um, that's where my real passion lies in right now. It's like just helping that. When it comes to BSOs, uh, like Betsy Code, the harsh reality is there isn't a BSO like um, Betsy Code. There are other orgs, but they don't, they're not as uh, intensive as we are. Like they, they aren't um, what we like to call ourselves, we are reentry to retirement, which means we're here to help you, to serve you from the moment you decide you would re-enter the civilian sector as a software engineer to the moment you want to get out of the civilian of the software engineering sector and like, you know, count uh I don't know, just you know, be an old person on the farm. Like that's <laughs> our goal in the end of the wow. day. Like, yeah, um, you know, like I said, people like Andrew, people like Schuster, um, they have never you know, they've never not known a world where they have not gotten help or resources from Betsy Co. when they needed um, from job interview training to just, you know, co coming through the cohorts, right? Like whenever they have a job interview, you know, they're like, hey, yo, I need people to help me with this stuff. And we, right. you know, we always huddle around them and start drilling them, right? So, you know, that's what makes us unique. Once you, you know, on Betsy Co., your family. So once you get in, you know, we try to keep you in. Uh, for as long as we can. Um, and I just haven't seen, you know, it's a reason why, you know, Business Insider is writing about us, GitHub's working with us for the scope of the year. It's just, you know, there's a reason why that's there because the other orgs, they just, you know, they haven't figured that part out yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's clearly very hands-on and, and that's interesting. I didn't even think about kind of the long-term path that you're keeping that relationship way past just you know, getting them a job, because I'm sure other maybe similar organizations, the main goal is just get some training, get them out the door, you know, place them somewhere and kind of move on. And um, I think that's probably part of what makes you guys so unique is that, as you said, like, this is this is a lifetime community and resource. And, um, you know, we're there for you moving forward, even if you land your dream job, it's not like you just sign a contract and move on and never talk again. So I think that's really because, because that like that's how I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mel. No worries. I was just saying that's like what you said that builds that community that is so important to you and and I think to so many people, especially in tech, it probably feels like you know a real group, a real family. So that's that's awesome. Well, I have this philosophy called you know every day is a Monday, and that's how tech is. Like you have to evolve and learn every day, every day, and you know people you know, they evolve and change and need mentorship for different things. Like today, we have veterans who need mentorship on, you know, what to do if they, um, you know, to get their first job. Uh, then, you know, we've had recently people who they need mentorship on what to do when they're going fang in, right? Right. Uh, when they, you know, they're in a big six jobs. And then when they get the big six jobs, I have one truth who's like, okay, I've done a big six job for a year. For me, this stuff sucks. How can I leverage it and do my own thing? Right. Yeah. How can I make? Yeah. How can I make? How can I leverage this and you know get, see my way out and make money this way? And I was like, okay, let's work with you on this. Like, this is one of the reasons why I try to do everything 
Um, I'm not intentionally busy. I just want to have the experience. Then, you know, that deep, you know, it's like in mixed martial arts, they used to call it big game experience. Like, you know, okay, it's cool that you did these local shows, but you need like a, you know, a regional or a national show or something like that, or even a military, right? You know, that big game experience would be like, oh, it's cool that you've been doing it in the training field, but have you gone to Iraq, have you gone to Afghanistan, have you used this stuff on the field? No, you haven't. So you don't know what you're talking about. So <laughs> right. like, that is my, that is my ideal when it comes to Vets uh, to Code. Like, yes, I can talk to you about uh, I could talk to you about workshops. I could talk to you about contracting. I could talk about you, to you about your first job. I could talk to you about switching stacks. I could talk to you about all these things about open source and all these things that you may not have, um, that you don't have that experience with because I actually do have that experience with that. So right. let's, you know, I'm not talking out of, you know, outside of my like face or outside of my neck. I'm just, you know, I'm actually, I actually have this hands-on experience that I can share with you or I have a deep enough network and like, hey, I, this is beyond my scope. But what I will do is I'll send you, I'll send an email, introduce you to somebody who can talk to you about this. And I think that's like the, that's the secret right like you know being uh working hard enough to become an expert at something while also understanding you can't get expert at everything but you grow your network to a level where hey i can become an expert at everything or i can become an expert in making friends or an expert in making relationships which i feel like is my uh true superpower like i am really focused on the things i love and then i make friends and allies allies and friendships based upon that thing and then like i love veterans and i love front end and i love serverless and people they just gravitate towards me because that's all i'm talking about all the time right and they're like hey you know you're kind of cool like what else do you like oh i uh, like pizza and whiskey and <laughs> uh other things like that and they're like oh okay that's cool well, you know we could be pizza bros or like you know my biggest if you're all following on twitter people see the biggest thing i talked about um beyond coding and veterans is asian food fusion uh <laughs> with like oh yeah like you know south uh southeastern american uh to like asian food fusion so i'm thinking like memphis barbecue with like korean bagogi or <laughs> yeah so or, I'm sorry. You know, yeah so i i think in terms of like that all the time like how to make a pork tongue katsu or show you with the pork belly that has like the right like amount of like southern tastings that you know a southerner in america would like yeah. so like yeah that's or um that's a special I think yesterday <laughs> yeah uh i think yesterday i was on twitter i was thinking of a uh goju chong brisket right so doing uh texas style brisket brisket but using a goju chong sauce and seasonings which is like a really sweet and spicy like korean uh korean like seasoning so using that with the brisket and like had west boss who's a big name in twitter he's like oh i am interested in that idea let's talk this out okay. so <laughs> you know that's my thing right now is yeah. like i because i like korean food a little japanese food a little chinese food and like and you never try to connect with people over things like that. 
yeah well everybody eats right so. yeah <laughs> but not everybody cooks that's for sure <laughs> yes but I can make it so you'll think about it it's like yo like this guy got me wanting to like buy a real so like that's you know that's the thing I have that conversation it's like when people like that's like my biggest thing like culinary science is something that I really like I love the website seriouseats.com because okay. I like I suck at cooking so like I'll like read it like my wife is a better cook than me so I'm like always trying to get on board and like trying to step my game up a little bit to figure out more about that salts um acids and sweets and things of that nature so like that is how you know how I is how I level up and it's the same with um like coding right you start following recipes online to build a thing and then you do that enough then you start like eh, well I kind of like how this looks can I do this thing right here a little bit better and then <laughs> next thing you know oh snap I've like made this thing on my own I didn't look at anything um and that's what you know you know that's how you become a, a good programmer yeah that's a good way to look at it I've, I've seen that kind of metaphor before you know tutorials and coding is similar to, to following a recipe and after a certain period of time when you get comfortable enough you don't have to follow line by line but um, I think that's a really cool way to look at it and seems like you kind of approach those different different areas of life with the same meth you know methods of, of learning and getting better so that's that's cool um super exciting and just interesting chatting with you I, and it's a great point you bring up you never know like sharing sharing personal things and hobbies like that on Twitter and, and on social media it's sometimes a really great way to connect and network with people that you've been wanting to meet and get in touch with anyway and it doesn't always have to be like hey let's talk about really serious business and you know, technology and whatever it can be, let's connect over, bond over something else that we think is cool. So, um, you know, that's a good point you bring up. Everyone, no matter what role they're in, networking is always something that I think most people I talk to say that they are working on or want to get better at, or it's the only reason they are where they are. So you can't really ignore it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's all about, you don't have to network on the thing that you are trying to do right because what if you start out only talking about tech what happens is people assume that all you care about is their position so what you what you do is that you start off on things that you like and that you're passionate about and talking about those in general and you attract those people then you know uh gary v he says it best right give value give value give value been asked right like so before you ask you need to give value at least four times right right and like that is the same process right you want to give value you want to add value before you take right same way in relationships right the worst part of relationships is that what happens is usually someone's a giver and someone's a taker and the taker doesn't realize that they need to start giving a little bit more like three times to what they take right so they they you know you have to uh I guess you had to put money in the bank, uh, into your relationship bank. And for every uh, deposit, for every uh, withdrawal you take, you make three deposits. So like that is the goal. That's how I look right. at it. It's all relationships. <laughs> yes. Like that's how I look at it though. Yeah, so. exactly. No, that's, that's a great way to look at it. And um, I think a good tip for for me and probably for anyone listening to remember, because 
people probably get a little too eager sometimes and go straight to an ask and um, don't don't remember the give and take nature of, of how humans are. So I think that's a great reminder, but. Um, no, I mean, all right. So one of the things I try to tell people, if you think about it this way, if you take your time to cultivate a relationship, the ask you can make is much bigger than if you rush, right? Right. If you speed right. through the ask, then what's going to happen is you speed through that process, your ask is going to be small. Like, yeah, they might be, they might make an introduction to you, right? But if you take your time adding value to that person before you do the ask, they're not going to just make an introduction for you. They're going to evangelize about you, right? They're going to exactly. take chances. Like, you know, I remember when I first started uh, at Code, and, you know, when it came to the ask that I could make, I was lucky if I could break even on the money that I used to start the nonprofit. Um, I like cost like $3,700 to start the nonprofit and keep it up and running at that time. Um, and now like I'm at a level with, uh, the things that I've done or where the ask I can make are so big because of the work I do. And like now is what all I focus on now is like expanding the outreach. Cause I know where are the best times for my ask. And yeah, I understand that, you know, uh, like things are going to be rough at Q1, Q2, Q3, um, or like second half to the first half of Q3. But I know that if I just keep adding value all year, what's going to happen is that people are going, when I do make my ask, everyone is going to like step up and they're going to see the things that I'm doing and they're going to see the things that um, the work that I put in. And they're going to be like, yo, I'm flatly gonna help you or you know help your veterans like so that's you know that's the focus right the focus is you know it's like it's like ribs right the slower you go the better it's gonna be exactly. i know i'm using a lot of using a lot of food analogies but it's like five years so yeah, it's the way to do it <laughs> exactly well before before my stomach starts eating itself i have i have one last um question or just kind of thing to discuss before we before we wrap up, I was gonna just say for listeners and for people that I'm sharing with and um, anyone out there, you know, what what different ways can community get involved with Vets Who Code and, and help out? I know I was looking at the website and saw, um, of course, people can donate, that also people can become a mentor. I don't, you know, maybe share a little bit about that or just kind of what average listeners can, can do to help you guys out and spread the word. Uh, Roger that. So, I mean, of course, following us on Twitter, that's a very, that's a small ass that gives us big impact, right? Like, you know, the more followers we have, the more legitimate we look to other tech, to tech companies. And because they know that if they work with us, they're going to get more, you know, people will see that. So, like, always, like, following us on Twitter, at Vets Who Code is a big one. Uh, second one is... Uh, our mentorship program, we ask that people who have a year of experience working on a production level project to come to Vets Who Code and uh, like help us, like help us help veterans, like especially if you're military and you're looking for a community to be a part of where you could just, you know, shoot the crap with a bunch of other veterans. Like, you know, we're here if you, if you, you know, you want to help with veterans and help, you know, solve problems for code. Uh, beyond uh, that, uh, donating, like, you know, well, I know people are kind of uncomfortable when they hear nonprofits about donating, but donating is the really the most impactful thing to do for a nonprofit because, you know, in the end, this is something that I personally 
obsess about, right? That, you know, while it may be a thing that, you know, sounds cool to you in a one-off situation or something, this is the first thing I think about in the morning and the last thing I think about at night, right? So like finding ways to help veterans, like is my obsession. Like I'm not gifted in this. I've been working my butt off for the past six years right. to get to the level to where I can efficiently and effectively help um, our nation's men and women, you know, come back home and get jobs, particularly in the front end uh, engineering department. So like that helps me help more people provide more tools, more people uh, help them get um, resources and things of their nature so that, you know, we can, you know, we can help them by creating the opportunities and like um, processes that they need. Right. But, yeah, yeah, those are the yeah. big three. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I think that that's awesome. And um, I don't think people should be uncomfortable around the, the world of donating. I mean, it's such a common thing nowadays and it's good to at least know that you're donating to an organization like Vets Who Code and to really hear these success stories and know where, where that dollar's going. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure helps a lot. And, uh, and hopefully people aren't, I don't know. I don't know if there's a negative stigma around it or if there used to be, but I feel like that's kind of being lifted. Um, especially for organizations like this that are just really necessary. As you said, there's not anyone else doing this and, and it's clearly providing value. So um, I'm super, super excited to learn about this and kind of help get the word out. Um, I'll definitely post kind of the Twitter links and, and other links in the description to this episode. And we try to make our episodes available on all the usual places where people listen to podcasts. But um, thank you, Jerome. This has been a really fun conversation. I've been really eager to talk to you and kind of hear this story. And it's just as inspiring as I thought it would be. And thank you for your service. And I guess congrats on, on all these achievements thus far. I'm excited to keep following Vets Who Code and see what you guys do. I said, Roger that. Thank you. Thank you so much. I accidentally muted myself. No worries. <laughs> I saw that. Oh, the battles of Zoom calls. Um, well, hey, yeah, thanks a lot and looking forward to keeping in touch and appreciate your time. Um, have a great rest of your evening. Thanks for listening to Select Star, your resource for innovative technology and developer topics. You can find our episodes in all the usual places Spotify, Apple, Google, RSS, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe, and share. You can learn more about HarperDB at harperdb.io.